it's just like that, a catchy tune, and I don't think that the recording got any of the intro. But, uh, oh, heck, this is uh, take two, where we're actually recording. So uh, welcome to uh, the McSee Wanders podcast. This time we uh, are talking about uh, travel. I've got uh, two terrific guests with me. First is uh, uh, Jenny Duncan. Jenny is my uh, significant other. And next is a uh, return guest, uh, Jody McCann, who has uh, been with me on uh, at least one. I think we may have broken it into two podcasts. Jody, welcome back. Hi, Mark. Hi, Jen. So, um, so we just got back from a uh, trip to uh, Ireland and uh, spent uh, a number of days over there. And so we thought we'd get together and talk a little bit about the trip, how cool it was, uh, any things we uh, didn't like or fell in love with, etc. So uh, Jenny is a funeral director by trade, but uh, has a side hustle as the executive director of the Owen County, Kentucky Chamber of Commerce. And so uh, Jenny, why don't you tell us about uh, how Chamber uh, arranges these trips and a little about it? All right. Um, So many chambers across the nation offer infinity travel, um, and it's where they work with a tour company that offers travel abroad. Um, some of them will actually do travel states out also. Um, this was uh, our second trip through Indus Travel. Um, Indus, Indus.com, Mark, is that? Indus.travel. Indus.travel, sorry, is their website if you want to check them out. Um, so they coordinate with Chambers of Commerce to push travel into their communities. This was our second um, trip, like I said, and uh, the third trip is already scheduled. So we've had very good experiences with them and uh, hope to continue that partnership. Cool. So uh, so we had about, uh, we had 25 people uh, come, 24, uh, including Jenny and I, flew from uh, uh, Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, uh, Greater Cincinnati Airport, CVG. We uh, went to Newark. There's Pearl the Wonder Wild. Pearl. <laughs> um, and uh, from Newark, we flew directly into uh, Dublin. Um, Jody, you had um, uh, a different route. What did you do? I took the bus since I was by myself. I, I took the bus to Chicago and then uh, flew direct from O'Hare to, to Dublin. And the... Uh, the bus was from Madison, Wisconsin. Correct. <laughs> How long a drive is that? Ride is that in the oh, bus? Oh, it's. I th- I think they schedule a bus um, for about two and a half hours, and it's 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 two fifteen, two twenty, somewhere in there. I think they give themselves a little bit of time. It's a, it's a good way to go, and it's it's not expensive. Sure. So uh, we all had a little time the first day to. Uh, explore in the Dublin area. So my first stop was uh, McDonald's. As we talked about in uh, version one of this, which 
I didn't have the record button going. The uh, the large Diet Coke I had to have was uh, uh, $3.70 uh, euros plus tax. I think it probably, uh, and the exchange rate was probably around $4.50 US for what it ended up uh, costing me. And uh, it was uh, slightly smaller than a uh, medium uh, McDonald's uh, um, Diet Coke in the States. Uh, the one thing we did do um, is uh, Jenny is kind of a bourbon aficionado, so we had time on the first day to uh, visit Jameson. Um, we, we looked at Guinness, too, but uh, Jameson seemed uh, easier to get to and, and was kind of on our timeline. So, uh, Jenny, how'd you enjoy the Jameson trip? I love the Jameson trip. Um, in fact, in honor of Ireland tonight, we're having a little uh, Jameson ginger and lime in my uh, RBG cup, my descent cup. Um, Jameson was just a really cool experience to see how it started, um, how long it's been in existence, and how well they took care of their employees. Um, Jameson and Guinness both pretty much built the city for their employees, housing, education, healthcare, all of those sorts of things. Um, so it's just really cool to see where it started and for how long it's been in existence. And um, one of the things I came away with is, you know, the thing that makes Kentucky bourbon so good is the limestone. Well, it turns out that the thing that takes that makes Jameson so tasty is the limestone. So yeah. clearly they know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, right, I, would, yeah. I would say also that everybody that I talked to who chose to go the other way and, and went to Guinness also enjoyed their you know, going to Guinness and doing that tour. Yeah, it did sound like the, the Guinness tour was just as rewarding in terms of learning about the history of the area and stuff like that. One of the things I will mention is that on the Jameson tour, um, there was a tasting towards the end of it. And so there were pretty much three little shots of um, Jameson whiskey and different flavors and stuff. And so our tour guide, who was very knowledgeable, uh, was like, um, do not drive a car after you take these. And he was absolutely right on that. And then as part of the tour also, and I think it was about um, 31 euro mark. Does that, is that right? Yeah. It seemed like it was about 31 euro a piece. But you did a tasting on it. And then at the end of it, you got an actual full-size drink. Um, so you could have two fingers of Jameson. You could have um, Jameson ginger and lime, which has become one of my new favorites. Or you could have um, orange Jameson with Sprite and maybe lime, which all of them, I think, were, were very tasty. Yeah, and, and it, the tour was well worth the money because you've got a lot of the Irish history, mm -hmm. uh, some of it related to the distillery and some of it not related, so so just kind of the stuff that went on. They did a really good job talking about um, um, like single pot distilling and um, all, all of the different distilling techniques, too. I did so, uh, different i actually went to the general post office which was the site of the easter uprising the the real start of the rebellion to separate ireland from england and it they have a history museum there that was really well done too yeah that seemed cool and then uh, we'll get towards the end uh the uh, the uh, epic museum as well so there are tons of, of cool places to go, and we just scratched the surface. 
I will I say know. that um, our tour guide, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. Um, our tour guide, Marion, she was amazing. She knew so many things. I, I don't know how she retained all of that information, but it was so cool to have somebody who was so ingrained in the history and to be so passionate about, um, about the history of it all. And she shared with us, there was one day that we, we uh, visited a bog village and there was a home that was very much like her grandmother's was. And just to hear her talk about it and like, you know, in school you learn about the potato famine and to hear Marion's take on that was just really eye-opening because it wasn't a tomato, it wasn't a potato famine. It, it was pretty much genocide. It was, it was the starving of an entire nation yep. where they were sending out 700 ships a day of, of food while their, their people in Ireland were starving. So that was just really interesting to hear um, a real perspective on it instead of what you're taught or what you've read in a book. I did find that the frankness that went on throughout the tour was, was very nice to hear the unvarnished truth mm-hmm. as opposed to, I have been on a number of tours over our, my career, Jody and I, um, spent a lot of time together traveling and with work. And a lot of those tours were all mom, apple pie and Chevrolet. They, they were, they were all very, uh, uh, glossy friendly and none of the real, uh, truths of, of history. And I will say that well, Marianne did a, a very nice job of telling ugly things in the kindest way possible, but, but not sugarcoating the truth. Yeah, I I talked to her before you guys got there. I happened to run into her in the hotel lobby, and um, it was really funny because the hotel, I I had said, yeah, I just want to go walk around and see some things. The hotel directed me to an art gallery, and she was like, well, I don't really care that much for art, but I really like history. And so we talked a little bit about the history, and that's why she sent me to the GPO. But I found throughout the whole tour that she was really knowledgeable about the history, and and it was very enjoyable that way. Did you do the Bog Village, Jody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mark Mark set that one out, but um, just her take on all of that was just was really interesting. Well, I saw saw things, you know, we didn't have turf cutters, but, but I saw things that were in my grandparents' house and barn before I moved to town, you know, and so it was, yeah, it was a very interesting stop. And and my in-laws had goat farms and the guy there knew a lot about goats in Ireland. So that was interesting to talk to him too. That was in Glen Bay, uh, where we stopped to do that at the Red Fox Inn. Yeah, let's let's jump in and, and let's maybe dive into that a little more detail. So, the the first day we uh, started the uh, tour, we jumped out and uh, we went. Uh, I guess we were in the Cork area, so we we went down and visited the Blarney Castle. So uh, that's the castle in the background for those of you that are watching this on video. But um, that was uh, that was a really cool um, 
area. I mean, it was uh, running streams and, 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 of course, everything was green over there, but really um, nice gardens and, and stuff like that. And then, Jody, you and Jenny went up and, and uh, kissed or attempted to kiss Not each the, other. the Blarney Stone. <laughs> We both we both kissed the Blarney Stone, so we'll we never did. be without words. We did. I uh, well, actually I would never expect either of you to be without I words. It. <laughs> what was that, Joni? When I got home, my wife said, you didn't need to do that. Same. Oh. <laughs> so I guess that that's always true. Maybe those of us who can blab do it anyway. And, and Mark, I will say that I'm not a small person, but when I walked up that spiral staircase, um, you would have been overly enclosed, I guess is a nice way to put it. it well, it, it I, I, I headed up. Yeah, I headed up, and then Jenny gave me the, the 411, and I was like, I think I'll turn around and go down and, and I take I turned around pictures. and I was like, um, with love, I don't think this is for you. <laughs> yeah. T- being tall and fat uh, and uh, having big feet, um, I- I'm not a big, I'm not a fan of small steps and uh, sounded like even some of the steps were a little bit challenging. So those top. steps were about four inches wide on their biggest side and no inches wide on their smallest side and a rope bolted to the concrete, well, not concrete, the, the, the rock, rail. I guess, the yeah. rock, uh, was your handrail. And so uh, it was it was narrow and steep. I thought that was one of the interesting things, though, that when they're talking about the direction that it spiraled, uh-huh. if you were above, you were looking down on the guy coming up with the sword and his sword was in his wrong hand. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had to hold on. Most people were right-handed, and so you had to hold on with your right hand. And so, as you were coming up the stairs, you would have come up with your left hand, which you wouldn't have been swinging a sword with. So it was right. a, a safer way. And I think the stories like that are what what made Marion and Heaven a tour guide like that uh, so well worth doing it this way is you, you got all the insights along the way at each stop um, that I don't think you would have gotten any other way. Can we talk okay. about Eddie a minute? Go ahead. Can we, can we just talk about Eddie, our bus driver, a minute? <laughs> Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So we have this suspicion that Eddie is a mobster in real life. Uh, yeah. He drove this luxury motor coach at 62.4 miles an hour across a tiny little back road dodging sheep. And so it was go as fast as you can and then step on the brakes to dodge the sheep and then go as fast as you can and step on the brakes to dodge the sheep. And there was one time in, um, I guess we were coming into Killarney um, that somebody had just kind of abandoned their bus in the middle of the road. And I was certain that we were all going to have to pile off the bus and help Eddie in that skirmish. Yeah, and he was, uh, I don't remember the the relief bus driver's name for the one day. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I, I will say that the relief driver had a much steadier foot than than Eddie did. Ed, but he wasn't Ed, nearly as entertaining as Eddie was. He, he was not nearly. I, I would have would have never wanted to give up Eddie, but there was a lot of hurry up, stop, hurry up, stop. 
So uh, I don't know if you noticed any of that, Jody. I'm I'm especially oh, yeah. sensitive to that. So am I. <laughs> so uh, so the first the first uh, night after uh, on the road. So the first night outside well, of Dublin. Can I say one more thing about Marion? Yeah. Before, before we go on, one of the things that I thought was really cool, which I took to heart and had an impact on me was when, you know, she said she'd been in this country a, a lot, 22 trips to the U.S. And um, as Mark knows, I'm a country music DJ, and I really like country music. And she um, is also a country music fan. And then she sang us the verse of 40 Shades of Green, which I didn't know that song. And, you know, it's a Johnny Cash song. and he I didn't know it, it either. I, I really sort of pride myself on that. So, of course, when I got home, I did my radio show. I did songs that I heard in Ireland or songs that I heard about in Ireland or somebody mentioned. And so I had to start my show with Johnny Cash doing a verse from 40 Shades of Green. And the next week I actually found a song or found Roseanne Cash doing the entire song. Johnny Cash never put that song on an album. It was the B-side of the rebel Johnny Yuma. But anyway, that, that song became an earwig for me. I, I got it stuck in my head and thought it was really cool that she sang the whole verse. Enjoyed what you sent us. I shared that with Jenny. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, I love old country music. Um, and so that that was neat to hear the actual recording because like you, I had never heard it before until she mentioned it. Yeah. And it, w- it was a really cool take on it because as you were flying in and you could see all of those little patches of green, it literally was. And 40 was an underestimate, I think. But oh, yeah. there were just, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of shades of green. Well, and I thought the little story of Johnny Cash saying he had a roadmap of, of Ireland and he was trying to rhyme the names of the, the cities. Yeah, which, you know, it's what's, what songwriters do. So that was uh, that was a fun story. Yeah. So um, um, we did uh, spend some time in uh, Woolen Mills before we left for uh, Killarney. And then... Uh, we uh, spent the night in uh, in Killarney. What were the things? I, I know at least Jenny and I really loved uh, Killarney. What what uh, stood out to you, Jenny, in terms of of the town? Well, first, let me back up to the Woolen Mills because in Owen County, I think there is a new um, uniform for everybody that's been on the trip because I think <laughs> dozens of them mailed stuff back home. When we got back, I went to my first chamber meeting after that, and uh, Sandy Bush had on almost the very same poncho that I bought, (laughs) but in a slightly different shade. And I was like, "Mm, I think this might be the uniform. And she was like, we mailed it home, and it was so easy. Um, And there were were several other uh, folks that did the very same thing, so that was kind of cool. I wore Uh, my sweater home. Good. Yeah, they were really cool. Um, In Killarney, I loved the the small community feel of that. Dublin was very much a, a big city, but Killarney felt like um, a community. Um, there was one night that I had gone out. Mark um, had stayed at the hotel. I went out with friends for dinner. But then, like, I peeled off from them after dinner and went to a couple of places by myself and felt 
incredibly safe, incredibly secure, like didn't even second guess that at all. And um, had ice cream by myself um, because the ice cream in Ireland is just not like anything else I've ever tasted. Jody, what what about you and, and anything stand out in Killarney? Well, I, I really like the fact that you could walk down the street, go in, and if you didn't like the music in Pub A, you went to Pub B, and if you didn't like it in B, you went to Pub C. So um, when I did songs I heard in Ireland, I picked out songs. I mean, you know, and they were they were everything from Irish folk songs to Buddy Holly, you know, so it was a, I really liked that a lot. And um, let's see, wasn't it in Killarney where we went for the the ride in the whatever the cars are called that with the horse carriages? Yeah, the jaunting jaunting cars. Yeah, the jaunting cars. Yeah. And our the the kid the kid driving our wagon or jaunting car was was a stitch. He he was he was sixteen years old and had to come right after school to do it. And we heard from Marion that it's a family business and that everybody in the family gets involved. But he was a stitch. He was really he was really funny. And then we um, we had dinner. Um... And I think uh, was the the Laurel or the Laurels. Yeah. And um, wasn't much on the menu I could eat, but uh, you all seemed to enjoy your uh, dinners, and it, it looked good. Well, that was an interesting thing that I learned, Mark. I didn't I didn't really realize that the batter the, on the fish that the fish and chips often have mustard in them. That that was a that was a that was a revelation to me. And I haven't run across that here. So that may be, I don't know if it's an Irish thing or a European thing or, or what, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, I did have uh, the slaw that was outstanding, but, uh, but I didn't get to have the, uh, the fish and chips. And then uh, we went a few um, um, storefronts down and stopped in and and had a drink at uh, a place and listened to uh, I guess what I would call uh, live uh, American music he was was playing cover songs and uh, that was that was enjoyable did I think that night or maybe it was the next night, went back to the hotel and there were three women um, playing in the bar in the hotel and they were actually quite good. That was that night. So I, that's, I had a, uh, had a hamburger at that, that place at the, the bar at the hotel. And as they were uh, closing. yeah, as they were closing and uh, yeah, so they were playing, uh, I guess, more traditional classic uh they played like that uh, traditional Irish drum, and um, the, they were playing a flute, pipe, whatever. Yeah, there was a um, woman who played. Um, well, one woman only played fiddle, but one played fiddle and mandolin, and one played guitar and the penny whistle. I think. So, I um, the next that might have been the night that my. Um, Auntie drank in the bar with the bus driver, and I requested her own bottle of Jameson when we returned home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she uh, very good. She was she was holding court for sure. Um, 
So uh, the next day, I'm going to have to have you all uh, carry this one because I, uh, I had a little uh, illness. And so the next day was uh, Ring of Carry. And what I remember most about that is uh, trying to survive the bus ride. So, uh, uh, Jenny, why don't you lead us in? And Jody, you provide uh, color commentary on the uh, Ring of Carry. So the Ring of Carry was kind of a, a bus tour around a region. So we started in like um, central eastern Ireland, went south, went north to the east side, and then kind of looped back over to the west side in the in the whole course of the trip. Um, so we stopped for lunch in a town called Waterville, which was amazing. It They had this beach that was just full of like these purple rocks, like this reddish purple rock that was just absolutely beautiful. It was cold and windy and all of those things, but it was still an amazing view and all of these little colorful houses. And um, we had a really good lunch there. Um, We actually ate outdoors in the midst of all of this weather, but you didn't notice that it was um, bad weather just the way that it was designed. Um, And I think that was the day that we did the Bog Village tour and we stopped at the Red Fox Inn. Um, and then they had Irish, Irish coffee. coffee. Yeah. They had Irish coffee if you wanted it. Um, I think that was also the day that we stopped at some shopping area too. Wasn't it Jody? Um, the clot, the clattering place. Yeah. McKay or yeah. McKay. And, yeah. um, they gave you free Irish coffee there too. And, um, so what is Irish coffee? Um, so Irish coffee is coffee with uh, Jameson and cream and brown sugar. Mm. Not being a coffee guy, I didn't try any. Jody, did you drink any? Nope. Supposedly the brown sugar um, takes away the bitter taste of coffee, and it started um, during a war of some sort. I'm sorry, I'm not really good at that stuff. (laughs) Whatever that was. I didn't pay good attention, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, And there was an innkeeper who wanted to warm up the soldiers that were coming in, and he was like, fix something up. And so it was a coffee um, with whiskey, and then the brown sugar was supposed to help with the bitterness of the coffee. And then the cream is what really sets it apart, because all of the dairy products in Ireland are just absolutely amazing. Um, All of the cattle are grass-fed, and all of the rain just leads to this really rich grass that they feed on. And um, even in times when they can't be outdoors, they're still fed on grass that's been harvested, so... Um, their dairy products are just amazing, um, which leads to the goodness of the ice cream, the Irish coffees. Um, there was a time further on in the trip that we had, um, part of us had um, hot chocolate with Bailey's in it and good cream. And the, that was actually awesome, too. So so we were back in Killarney again that night, too, right? Mm-hmm. We did two night. nights in Killarney. So, Jody, didn't you go to... Uh, an event that night? I did. Um, it was, it was very interesting. It was, I think a total of 10 people and in a hotel ballroom that was, you know, a few blocks from where we were staying, they had turned the hotel ballroom into a stage area. They put, they put risers and then they had a small stage and they had like 10 different people. They had a woman who was a very good singer and then they had uh, musicians, a guy who played uh, accordion, a woman who played fiddle. And 
actually, to my mind, the best musician in the bunch was actually the drummer. And this drummer played the the boron, and uh, also he played uh, flute. And then they had uh, four dancers, and the dancers were actually really interesting because they had two guys and two women, and the women there was one that was really small and one that was really tall and then the guys one was tall and one was short and they did all these various combinations and the the dancers were just world class they were they were very very good so it was kind of a kind of a variety show and they had some you know some poetry and and some songs and and dance numbers and the guy the drummer also played the the Bahrain and was was spectacular so it was it was really fun good deal so the next more go ahead jenny um i was just going to say that it was interesting on this trip because jody talking about going to that reminds me of mckenzie that attended that and so we had such an array of age, ages on this trip. Uh, we had a 13-year-old. Yeah, we had a 13-year-old young man. We had a 16-year-old young lady, Shelby, who went. Uh, we had another young lady who was 25. She graduated with my son, which was interesting. Um, and then we had all the way up to, I think, 79 was the oldest on the trip. So I think he was 78. We talked 78. About yeah. Um, yeah. So there was just such an array, but there was something for everybody. And interestingly, Shelby even said on this trip, um, when we were talking about what was scheduled next, uh, they had talked about doing a trip with the school to England. And she looked at her mom and she said, mom, I'd, ra- I'd rather travel with these people than the school people. <laughs> and so that, that just felt like a ringing endorsement to me that, you know, if a 16 year old wants to go somewhere with us older folk, that, that just seemed like we did something right. I thought I thought it was a good mix of people that seemed to enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. And I will also say that it was um, it was all walks of life. I mean, we didn't all think the same way. We didn't all believe the same beliefs. But yet in this trip, like everybody came together and had a really good time. So the next morning we got up and headed towards um, the Cliffs of Moore. Um, via a um, a ferry so uh, we uh, we had to wait for a while so Jody and I did some walking out on the the uh, causeway I guess you you'd call that yeah and then um, we jumped on the Shannon breeze which was uh, it was pretty cool it, it was, was quite a breeze too uh, it, it, it was very breezy but uh, very efficient. They, um, you rolled up, you got on, they were ready to go. And uh, um, Marion and or Eddie, one of them made sure to tell us all, when you see us getting ready to arrive at the other side, you need to be on the bus and ready to go. Because when, when they pull up, we're they, they want <laughs> us off here. So, uh, so I thought that was, uh, uh, really highly effective, and I, I don't know how many trips a day those do, but uh, I think that cut about two and a half hours off our trip too. Being able to to cross yeah. cross there cut off a lot of a road trip. So, and then we ended up at the Cliffs of Moore. So, Jody, had you been here before? 
No, I had not. The, the, my previous trips to Ireland, really, we went all the way to the north, and then they, we went to the west, but mostly the northwest. So really, I hadn't been um, much south of, say, Galway. So for me, it was filling in the, the south and the southwest. So um, I had a had a healthcare appointment today, and uh, the healthcare professional shared that uh, when she went many years ago, that um, that their tour guide uh, shared that this was a um, a very common occurrence at the Cliffs of Moher was where people came to uh, jump. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'd heard that. Yeah, so I uh, and she she went on to tell. So it sounded like a number of years ago the 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 fencing and the walls and the security were not as um, available as they they were on our trip. So uh, they said uh, she said it, it, it was a thing. I mean, it was well known. So when Jody and I walked to the to the left side. Um, I thought that it went around further and there were like big caution signs, like do not enter, do not enter, enter at your own risk. Like this is not a part of the park. Do not go here. Um, so it felt like the terrain got a little treacherous on to that left side of it. And then as you got more towards that watchtower, um, the closer you got to it, like the wind just really kicked up. I mean, your hair was standing on end. Jody's hair was a mess. It was awful. Um, but, um, uh, it was uh, the views were just amazing. That that experience is the one when people are like, "What was your most favorite thing?" It sounds very cliche, but it was the Cliffs of Moher because it's one of those things that you can describe, and I can show you a picture. But until you've seen it with your own eyeballs, you just can't imagine it. Yeah, I thought it was super cool. I I enjoyed it. Uh, I would have not wanted to miss that. That was. Uh... I think we talked about this on the trip. It's kind of like every time I see Hoover Dam, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in awe that that somebody could build that. I mean, but I'm in awe that it was built when it was built. And then you go back and just look at something natural like this, and you're like, just wow, mm-hmm. just wow. Yeah. And, and the other thing, so had a couple of conversations back from the trip, and. Um, I'm amazed at uh, things that are hundreds and thousands of years old over there that are still functional and used every day. And uh, and I'll say this without any feeling of regret. And yet um, we have uh, people that can't use a sports stadium more than 15 or 20 years without losing <laughs> their shit yeah. and wanting to uh, have a new one. So, I think uh, it was we were in Galway and we were talking about a bridge there in Galway that was I, I don't know how many years old, but it was just I mean, it was beautiful and it was magnificent and there wasn't a chip out of it. And then we talk about like, you know, the the bridges here crossing from Kentucky to Ohio that, that, that just can't withstand the test of time. And those have been there for hundreds of years. Hundreds and hundreds. I think that there was one bridge that actually was built in Norman times. So, you know, 1066 or say 1100. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, super, super cool. 
so we got on the bus there and uh, headed for our night in uh, in Limerick. So I know that Jenny, did you have an event? I went to the in- castle. Yeah. Okay. Um, I went to I think it's Napogue was the name of the castle, and so it was a medieval castle that we had a banquet in. And it was a little bit of a show. And so interestingly, two of the folks, Jody, did you go for this or did Mm -hmm. you set this one out? Okay. Um, So there were two of the folks on our tour that ended up getting to be in the show and um, they were like visiting royalty and part of the show. And so they sat at a different table and just kind of held court over the banquet. And so we were served like a four course meal um, during that time and songs, dance, poetry, that sort of stuff. Um, there was, a when you came in, you were given this little, um, like clay cup of mead that was super good. Mead is like a honey wine. And then throughout the meal, they had like red wine, white wine, uh, fruit punch, water, that sort of stuff. And then, um, I can't remember what the first course was. It might've been a salad. And then we had tomato soup. Um, and then chicken and rice and then the dessert and all of that was just, it, it was delicious. And it was, it was just really neat again, like the cliffs of mower, something so old and that, it, you know, had been there and stood the test of time to just to be a part of that was really cool. And I think about half of our tour went on that and the other half stayed back. Yeah. So Jody and I, um, uh, cruised the streets of Limerick and, um, I don't know. I thought, Jody, I thought that was pretty cool. We 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 kind of covered um, street art areas, some waterfront, uh, got to see a denture shop. I'd never really seen one of those <laughs> sitting on the street with dentures in the front window as, uh, as your marketing thing. So um, some old churches and such. What do you what was your takeaway from Limerick? Oh, not much more than that. I mean, it was it was an interesting older city, and actually, the picture that you have up there, those, I, well, I th- I think street art is a really cool thing to to collect pictures of. Um, but those people behind us were actually playing ping pong on outdoor tables. Yeah, and uh, I've seen those before, but not very often. And it seemed like a pretty common occurrence there that that was a a gathering for, uh, I guess they seem college age and older people. Yeah, it was on the edge of a campus, wasn't it? It was on the edge of... uh, Last there, there was a a college campus. But uh, super, super talented area. And then... uh, I think after um, you went up to catch up on uh, the rest of your day, I went back out and walked around uh, a little bit and um, it had more of Limerick where I was walking, had more of that um, Dublin feel in terms of the big city. There were, there were lots of uh, restaurants and pubs and, places to shop and, and stuff like that. Um, there, I did find a place that was selling the Mr. Beast burger. So I don't know if you two know who Mr. Beast is, but, uh, um, he, fran- he, he, uh, he created some franchises to sell his special high end burger. And, uh, 
I think now he's suing some of those places because they're not uh, up to his standards. So uh, interesting. Part of that, when we were out walking, we walked a couple blocks with the with the guy. We, I won't say we were lost, but let's just say we, you were, we were lost. We were being uncertain about which direction we were going, but we walked a couple of blocks with a guy who had a little kid with him. They were on their way to a football game, and yeah. he he obviously figured out real quickly that we were Americans, and so he was telling us how. He was an American football fan and and had been in in Boston and he was Limerick, you know, born and bred. And what was his favorite team? I forget, Jody. What was it? Oh, I don't know. Some some team. I don't know. I think they're in Ohio. It starts with a P. I don't know. I believe. I believe. uh, Green Bay Packers. I know that. He and I bonded over being Pittsburgh Steelers fans. (laughs) So I will say. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say they were going to uh, a soccer match that night, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, the spoiled person in the group loved uh, the part in Limerick where there was a fan in the hotel room and uh, a rubber ducky on the bathtub. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that nice. rubber ducky might be in my bathroom now. <laughs> well, and wasn't in in Kerry where there was a rubber duck store. Yes, I have one of those rubber ducks too. Yeah, I got I got her one of those rubber ducks. At That's the a rubber flamingo duck rubber duck. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the next morning we um, we got up and we um, headed towards um, Galway. So um, we ended up in uh, in Galway proper and had. Uh, time for a, a couple of, of tours there. Um, oh, that's where we saw the drum maker, Jody. Talk about that. Well, right. That that was actually... That was a, the second day. Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah. Well, we can do that. But Galway, Galway, I, I remarked, and I think I said it to you guys when we were walking down that really busy street, I realized it wasn't it on Saturday. I think I think we were there on a Saturday, but even so, you know, for a city of whatever it is, eighty or eighty-five thousand, something like that, it was incredibly active and busy. Just tons of stuff going on. That's I think this is where um, got TNT there. did all the shopping that they had to buy another suitcase to to bring all their haul in. <laughs> Yeah, so what was the name of this cathedral? That was the Galway Cathedral. Gal- it was, so it was the Galway mm-hmm. Cathedral. And it was and a it, newer cathedral. It, it didn't have quite as much history, but it was absolutely beautiful. The floors were stunning. Actually. It had that Connemara marble in it. Right, right. Yeah, you had several photos of that. I did. And the, the photo that you have up there, yes, that is John F. Kennedy. They were... Big fans of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. It was Which I found interesting that people talked about that throughout. Yeah. Marion's take on that was very interesting. She talked about that on the bus, and um, she kind of did a hand-up moment. Like, we don't care what you think politically. We love John Fitzgerald Kennedy because to us, 
it was it was a rise above. It was he his family survived all of this madness and he rose to greatness in in the free world. And so they really do revere him just for his his rise in in in, in the political field. Yeah. And then um, we also um, had a river tour that okay. day. That was really cool. So um, on the um, the river Carib, 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 Lock Carib, I think it's what they called it, L O C H, yeah. Lock Carib. So um, the, I thought that the the guys that did the commentary there were uh, um, there was a lot of people talking, but uh, I enjoyed listening to them. They had a lot of good, useful information. I went up to the top on that tour and I actually sat with Eddie, the bus driver, and uh, we had talked on the bus about funerals and how those are uh, experienced in Ireland. And so I wanted his real take on that, like not the not the tourist take on that about like, you know, how much whiskey was involved. Um, But it turns out that, I mean, what Marion talked about on the bus was really how many of their funerals take place. They are an actual wake where uh, you're greeted with uh, a shot of whiskey at the door and a shot of whiskey at the casket and a shot of whiskey throughout and just lots of memories, lots of celebrating, um, lots of coming together over the course of time, um, you know, two or three days of that, um, which from my experience as a funeral director, um, all of those gatherings, like that is really what helps you through the grief process. And so to see that um, a country like Ireland still embraces all of that was, was really cool to me. And he oh. also made this, um, I'm sorry, he made this interesting comment about how uh, funeral license work in uh, Ireland and that if I owned a mortuary, that I would have to sell you my license, that you couldn't just come up and pitch up a tent and open a mortuary. Like you would have had to have assumed someone's license from that. So that was very interesting for me. You know, I stayed on a little later and, and went to far Southwest Ireland to visit a friend. And the day that I got there, he invited me to go to a funeral the next day if I wanted to. And he was ambivalent. He was like, he would go if I wasn't there, but we chose not to. But he, he described it the same way. It was, it was very interesting. And it was, it was a person who was, you know, well-known and respected in the community, but they had been clearing the hedgerows and getting everything ready. And we went through before the funeral um, in the morning, and then we came back late in the afternoon, and he was saying, "Oh, those are people who are just now leaving from the from the funeral." Eddie talked about going to uh, a mate's mother's funeral, and he was like, "I felt like I should show my face because he was my mate." And um, so he rolled up, and you know, he was there for hours and hours and hours, and he was like, you know, just dozens and dozens and dozens to a hundred you know, hundreds of people came through during the course of the day and, you know, reminisced and had had a time together and had food and that sort of stuff and just that camaraderie. So uh, the next day, um, I decided to uh, city dwell, as uh, as Jenny likes to say, I'm the city mouse, she's the, I'm the country, country mouse. mouse. We, we, so, missed, we missed one part, though. What's that? Well, 
when did we go to um, the Abbey? That's what I'm. That's, what, I'm saying. that's what he's okay. about to get to. Yeah. So the the second day, that's right. Um, you all headed out to the Connemara region. I will say we went sixty two point four miles an hour across back roads to get to the Connemara region, <laughs> dodging sheep. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am greatly saddened that I decided to uh, stay in the city that day and not be on the back of a uh, bus that was rocking across. Uh, uh, small back roads, but uh, uh, Jody, lead us through um, that day. Well, what uh, I know there were a number of things that stood out. Well, we we it was really funny because the first part of the drive out, I was thinking, oh, Mark wouldn't have minded this; it was fine. And then we took a little left turn, and the roads got a quite narrow, and b yes, there were sheep, and c very windy. And lo and behold, and I, w- I was kind of thrilled by this, we wound up in a little town that I had been in, um, Roundstone. But what we did in Roundstone, I hadn't done before. Um, so it was very interesting. We went to the, and I think it's Boron. You have to roll the R a little bit. The the Irish drums that are played with a beater, sometimes with, with two ends on the on the beater, and we went to a master uh, Bolron uh, maker, and he didn't really tell us very much about about how the instruments are made. To be frank, did you think? To be frank, we didn't learn much about how they were made, but he did talk about you know they're a spirit instrument and and that and sort they're of played thing. from your gut. Yeah, he he was he was actually quite. His a name character. was. Uh, Malachi, Malachi, yeah, Malachi, Malachi, and his name is his name is, um, well, what was his first name? Malachi. Malachi is Malachi Kearns. That's right. And so in Ireland they call him Malachi Bahran, um, and I, somebody or I took a picture. I had somebody take a picture with him outside and he found out that I have an Irish surname. I told him my name was was McCann and he said, Oh, they're all gangsters. <laughs> I have no idea what he meant. Maybe you're related I, to Eddie. I found him really, really interesting. And and you know, part of his operation has something to do with there's a foundation in that town that that promotes music. And we had been to uh a dance and music competition in that town when we were in Ireland. No, I don't, I don't know. I want to say six, eight years ago, something like that. So it was very interesting. And I, I found him interesting to talk to. He was super interesting. It should also be said that um, he created the drums for uh, river dance. The, um, the original show. Sting. Um, um U2 uses his his yeah. drums. I mean, yeah. So yeah. he's created drums for lots of famous people. And um, he was just talking about how it's a dying art because things can be created, mass produced for so inexpensively. Um, but these were handmade, created instruments that were just beautiful sounds. And we sat in his workshop, which was quite an experience. And um, uh, we, I think we had coffee there too, coffee and tea there. Um, 
but he he was a really interesting man, and I feel like the more time we could have spent with him, the more stories we would have learned. He oh, also yeah. tried to uh, marry off his son to one of the gals that was on our trip. Um, yes, his name he, was he, Gucci. He his son's he name did. was Gucci. Yeah. A rugby player. Yeah. So um, we spent the night in Galway uh, that night. But we also went to Kyle Moore Abbey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. that was beautiful. Yeah. That it was, was beautiful. It was very beautiful. Huge grounds. Um, a, a, a really big garden. I don't know. If, did you walk up there? Or I did, yeah. It was absolutely bus? beautiful. And they had this really cute little fairy garden that was a part of that also. Yeah. Um, all, all of the grounds were just immaculate. And we had lunch there. Um, they had a nice little cafeteria there where you could get all sorts of um, all sorts of food. We should probably talk about the food that we had in Ireland because it was absolutely delish. Yeah, um, there there were a couple that were quite quite memorable. Mm-hmm. I also walked up to the little chapel, and um, in the chapel, it it's it had tons of, of the Connemara marble in it mm-hmm. in different colors. Yeah. But there was a woman um, giving a harp concert um, while I was up there. So that was, that was a lot of fun. The grounds of Calmore Abbey were absolutely amazing. Um, Unbelievable. All yeah. of the, the, the trees and the flowers and the foliage and the lake and just the, the pictures from that were amazing. And Mark, I don't think I've sent you any of them, so we don't have any to share, but um, it was just, it was a gorgeous vista from there. And I didn't ever tell you this, Mark. I was, I was walking out of a, one of the, um, the actual thing that was the Abbey and now they're building a new Abbey and that Abbey was really someone's home. And I was walking out the front door and this guy says, Hey, Wisconsin. And I sort of looked around and, Remember the guy that we talked to when we were way out on the on the spit where the ferry was? We had a, a nice chat with this guy. Yeah. Well, he was at he was at the Abbey. Ah, okay. Recognized me. We chatted a few more minutes. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. So, um, so that night we stayed again in Galway. Uh, a good a good segue. So, uh, you all mentioned. Uh, Food. So maybe Jody, what what were your favorite for your favorite couple of meals that we had? One thing when we were when we were going to the cliffs of of uh, of Moore, both Eddie and Marion said, you know, don't get food in there. So we stopped at this little place that was just if it was a cafeteria line, it was probably only. 20 or 30 feet long, but actually the meal that I had there, I had a a salmon salad. Every single vegetable in that salad was really fresh, I believe mostly local. And it was, and a piece of salmon was spectacular. It was, it was really, really good. Had some good fish and chips a few places too. And then where did, Go ahead. Jenny, what about you? Um, so I was pleasantly surprised at the breakfast. I have the palate of a nine-year-old, so uh, I might have had a box of peanut butter crackers in my suitcase, um, but I really didn't have to rely on them, so I was I was pleasantly surprised with that. The breakfasts were really cool, just in the fact that um, they had like meats and cheeses that you're not used to in the States, 
Um, so there was ham available every morning. Um, bacon rashers were a little bit different. They were a little, a little, a little harder to get used to, but uh, still very tasty. Um, wonderful, tasty croissants every morning. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit that I have had hot tea every day, multiple times a day since we've returned home from Ireland. <laughs> um, so that has uh, been rekindled in my spirit. Uh, there was a time when I drank lots of hot tea, but now I'm definitely back on it. Um, and then the broccoli soup. You know what? Um, I detest broccoli. If you made me bite into a head of broccoli, I would probably gag. But there was broccoli soup that was, um, it was pureed. And it was so wonderfully seasoned that it was just absolutely delicious. It was warm and just so flavorful that, I mean, I ate half the bowl of it. And when I say I ate half the bowl, that was a lot because many of the meals that we shared together, we had three and four courses of that meal. So um, there, there was plenty of food to be had. And then honestly, when we ate at Murphy's Pub, the three of us, uh, we were, I think we were roaming through Galway. And uh, it was just like, I need to use the bathroom and I need a snack. And I was like, do you have a lunch menu? And he was like, we have toasties. And I was like, okay, tell me what a toastie is. And it was literally a toasted ham and cheese sandwich. And I was like, sign me up. I'll have one. <laughs> so uh, a ham and cheese toastie and a cider uh, tidied me over very well. Strange as it sounds, they're crisp. Or as we like to say, uh, potato chips were really good every place that we had them. So Whitney actually got uh, sour cream and um, what was it? Sour cream and shamrock or something like that. That were just delicious chips or crisps. <laughs> so, so I guess what you're saying is the last night in Galway wasn't your favorite meal. No, <laughs> I might have gone back to the room and ordered a twenty dollar cheeseburger on room service. That might have been my one splurge. Uh, food wise of the whole trip but that was the only issue that was the only issue for me and it was just that I don't like dark chicken so it, it was all on me not on them it was a lovely meal the desserts were great the starters were great uh, but uh, it just it wasn't to my liking <laughs> yeah I had a uh, a salad without salad dressing because all of theirs were vinaigrettes that had things on my no-fly list but uh, it was a potato salad and it was literally literally with uh, cold potatoes on it. Half half done potatoes. <laughs> and uh, you know, I hadn't had anything green all week and uh, it was very good. I was it was surprisingly good. So um, we left uh, Galway and uh, rolled into uh, Dublin for our last oh, one one more yep. quick thing about Galway when we walked into that really big record store yeah they had the the I think the 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 uh, where they had the biggest section of records and I think it was basically categorized as just other I I just did a little poking around and it turned out that the they had Willie Nelson's new album and and the W's, it was alphabetical by performer. In the W's, they had both Don Williams and Hank Williams. So I thought I thought that that was really great. They, they had they had all sorts of cool uh, album, had all sorts of cool albums in there. Uh, stuff I like, 
And uh, I took a picture of one. I have a friend that he and I both like the Electric Light Orchestra and uh, big fans. And uh, they had uh, uh, one of the ELO albums. It was uh, had all the the heads on it. It was super cool. So yeah, I'm glad you brought the the I, record I, store I, up. I took a picture where I took the the Hank Hank Williams uh, album cover and another Hank Williams that was in there and a Don Williams. So the Williams boys are popular in Galway. Well represented for sure. Yeah. So um, the next morning we got up and um, I guess mostly highway driving. We stopped at another uh, um, place to shop uh, as we were heading out of uh, Galway. Was that the... uh, place that had sweaters and jewelry or was that coming out of Killarney that was coming out of of Killarney headed to Killarney that was um, yeah so uh, when we got into um, Dublin there was a we were all looking at maybe not doing the what they called the panoramic tour because it was just sitting on a bus and um Things changed, the itinerary changed, and the guide that was supposed to cover that changed, and so Marianne stayed with us. And so uh, those of us that were going to get off and do our own thing decided to stay on because she promised some um, some cool stuff, and uh, she delivered on that. So we, um, we got the tour, um, went by, what, Trinity College, um, which... Um, the library was under renovation. It was being renovated, like the books were being dusted or something like that. So many of the books had been removed. I think there were several of us that would have liked to have seen Trinity and mostly the Book of Kells, um, and it wasn't available to be viewed. So um, it, the trip before, they were able to to partake in that, but not this trip. So we'll do that the next time we're in Ireland. And then... Um, we uh, stopped and had lunch. I, I thought I, this is not my thing necessarily, but I thought it was so massive and so cool. It was so we beautiful. visited Phoenix Park, which is the la- the largest uh, park, public park in Europe. And uh, I the thought Pope it was. Pope has visited there too. Yeah, I mean it's super cool. Like like the president of Ireland lives in a mansion in in the park and lots of other things. But Jody and I did some walking around. We didn't we didn't have our meal or snack and did some walking around and and there were cool gardens, there were cool paths, there were uh uh soccer or football fields, there were uh places to play cricket. Um, it was, uh, I thought it was really, uh, neat that in a, um, such an urban area that, uh, this green space existed. It was interesting to see, um, some of the folks from here that, you know, we're in a rural area. And so Jim Bush, who is a farmer and a producer, um, he kind of walked through with some of us and he was like, this is that, and that's this, and this is this. And so things that you wouldn't have recognized, um, 
in those gardens were growing. So it, it was kind of neat uh, to have him along for that part of it. There's also one of the coolest trees I've ever seen in my life. Mark and I walked by this tree yeah. and I took a picture, but the picture didn't really do it justice. I don't even know what kind of tree it was. Some kind of evergreen, wasn't it? It was. He, and my pictures didn't, when I looked at them later, I'm like, it was way better in in person. Yeah, I, I've got one that's kind of, well, at least it was interesting enough that Peggy said, wow, that's a, that's a really cool tree. But this tree was growing up from the ground in a number of places. And what would you say, Mark, there were probably 20 or 25 people in little groups inside the tree. It, it was it was amazing. I've never seen a tree like that. Yeah, uh, it was uh, super cool. Uh, and it seemed like it was catching everybody's eye because uh, the, uh, lots of people stopped there. And then we, we uh, loaded back on the bus and uh, headed to the uh, Irish Im- Immigration uh, Museum known as uh, EPIC. And um, with the exception of the uh, school kids that had, didn't have good chaperones, the chaperones were actually more annoying than the kids. Um but uh, I enjoyed that a lot because you got uh, it was interactive uh, and you got to, to see a little more of, of the history of, uh, or as Jenny described earlier, the, the genocide that happened along the way. And then the history of, of Irish people and, and kind of uh, um, stars of today and yesterday that are, uh, or public figures or artists or creative people that um, have Irish heritage. And so uh, I thought that was super cool. What about you? It it was summed up pretty much as uh, Ireland's impact on the world. Yeah. And so to see, um, like some people you can, it's easy enough, you know, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, you know, Fitzgerald, they're, they're from Ireland. Uh, but like there were there were vocalists and there were uh, radio personalities and movie stars and broadcast inventors, stars, scientists, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, inventors, yeah, and just um, the real impact that Ireland had had on the world. And I think some folks may have thought when we were going into that and talking about immigration. Um, that it, that it might have been people coming into Ireland, and I, I think they kind of discounted this museum. But it was just it was amazingly impactful to me um, to see um, the just the impact. I mean, the epic impact that 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 Ireland has had on the world, and how many influences there are in all of our cultures um, because of Ireland. The impact of the Irish diaspora. I mean, it. it... It's amazing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, it was a very interactive museum, which was really cool. And like Mark said, I mean, and don't get me wrong, the kids needed to see that as much as us old folks needed to see that. Um, but the the museum curators did an amazing job of um, making you want to see what was what was uh, you know on display. Yeah, for sure. I, I um, you know, immigration is a hot topic in the United States, and it seems it seems lost on uh, 
we're, we're frequently, you know, referred to as the ugly Americans, and and I think we've we've earned every bit of that sort of angst from from people outside of our country, and and uh, we're up in arms over issues that that people aren't really up in arms over in the rest of the world, and and uh, the neon sign that said we all come from somewhere really really struck me uh, as, uh, you know, here in the United States, nobody that nobody's from here. And when I say nobody, almost nobody is literally from here. And, uh, and especially nobody with pale skin like mine is from here. Right. And, and all of our ancestors um, uh, immigrated from other countries across the world were that had older civilizations and they were welcomed um, into the United States. I, I realized that there are all sorts of stories of of strife and things throughout our history with with the way some people immigrated, but but by and large, it's 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 not as uh, it wasn't as burdensome from a from a public relations standpoint it is as it is today. So. Uh, I, I thought that was a cool message that uh, the impact that they've had on the world. So it's interesting. Your picture says we all come from somewhere. And uh, my last photo of this trip, aside from on the airplane, uh, was that uh, Ireland never leaves you. Um, so, and they and they both came from that same museum. Yeah. So, uh, so super cool. So um, we had a gourmet dinner that night. At uh, I'm gonna call a greasy spoon that was a mix of American chicken fingers, hamburgers, Jody, and Indian food. Middle Eastern, Middle Indian. Eastern. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was it was a strange amalgamation of food. <laughs> uh, and then they had like uh, big brownies. Uh, for sale for dessert and stuff. So uh, it was it was an odd menu, but I think at that point we were. Uh, I would tired. have eaten from a vending machine at that point. Yeah, tired, hungry, and uh, and uh, ready to uh, to relax. So um, so I think did we miss anything that either of you wanted to cover about uh, Ireland? I would say a couple of things that I took away was uh, if you're traveling to Ireland, things to be prepared for is that not all of the hotels have washcloths. Um, that that that's a, seems to be a luxury. Um, that drinks are different. Uh, with your meal, you mostly have water. And at the end of the meal, you have coffee or tea. Um, but that sodas are not like they are in the United States. And uh, I don't think that that's a bad thing. There are no, you know, 64-ounce big slurps available in Ireland. Um, and if you want a 64-ounce big slurp, you're going to pay through the nose for it. But the the other part of that is that their folks are probably much healthier because of it. And um, I was incredibly impressed with recycling um, throughout all of Ireland. There were um, sorted recycling bins, every handful of steps on every hotel floor, all throughout the streets, especially in Dublin. Um, there were folks whose, whose jobs it were to, to, to pick up that recycling and that trash. And you saw that frequently. 
Um, I will say that on this trip, I felt incredibly safe. I never felt uh, like I was in any sort of danger or going to be pickpocketed or anything like that. Uh, probably in Dublin, there were some opportunities for that, but not where we were. Um, and uh, if you're a woman and you're going to Ireland, make sure you know the difference between an adapter plug <laughs> and uh, a converter adapter plug. Because uh, anything that runs on a motor needs a converter in addition to an adapter. That's my shameless plug. Well, the, it was actually interesting. The bathrooms all had those shaver-only plugs mm-hmm. so that you couldn't put the grounded adapter yeah. in there. Yeah. Now, luckily, um, many of several of the hotels, two or three of them, enough to make a difference, had hair dryers in the room with the appropriate plugs. Um, but if that wasn't the case, I would have been struggling. <laughs> but my fan works. My fan worked everywhere. Jody, anything else from your perspective? Well, just a couple of things. One, I I I did go on and, and do a little more traveling. And um, I will say when you rent a car, um, be prepared. Because not only do you drive on the other side of the road, uh, unless you want to really pay through the nose, you're going to drive a standard transmission car. And it takes a lot of concentration. Um, It was fun. It was actually a, a ton of fun. One of the things that we missed on our trip because it was so rainy, I, I did go to a, a place where there was a sheepdog demonstration and I would recommend that anybody do that and I'm really sorry that we missed that the that day that that it was raining in fact that was really the rainiest day that we mm-hmm. had when when we were there um other than that oh I don't know I I had a good time it was a little different for me because all everybody else knew each other or certainly knew of each other um so I was the odd person out, but I thought you know, I was treated really well by everyone, and and I I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and you sat with people other than us a number of times, like for meals and stuff. On purpose, and I don't know I I don't know if you know this, but I bought Shelby and McKenzie's ticket to that performance. No, I didn't. They were considering not going, and I was like, "Nah, you really should go." So, I I did that, and I'm oh, glad. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Mackenzie so, graduated with my son, and she just she seems like she has grown into like so. Interestingly, you were talking about the sheepdogs. So, in the fifth grade, we all took a, a class field trip to Kentucky Down Under, where we saw, saw a sheepdog demonstration. And so, we joked about that. Look, this is like Kentucky Down Under, but in Ireland. Um, and so, to see her grow into this really unique young lady and to be a part of this trip was a really cool experience for me. Yeah, I thought the diversity of the people that went was was super cool. Yeah. Um, looking forward to the uh, to the, the next trace one. looked good in that Irish cap. Didn't I mean, he? He, he looked like a little it. Peaky Blonders. He should wear it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we haven't seen him, uh, or I haven't seen him since. He'll be the here trip. tomorrow night. So uh, yeah, 
You'll probably be in costume tomorrow night, being that it's Halloween. But he uh, should dress up as Peaky Blinders. He could dress up as Peaky Blinders. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, good deal. Well, um, Mark, appreci- real quick before we yep. end this, talk about your experience with not not really looking forward to this type of travel, but having enjoyed it. Okay. I have one more thing too. Sure. So, um, so for anybody that's, so I'm a card carrying introvert. (laughs) I'm not. Um, I don't, I don't like people. I don't like groups. Uh, I'm different than, than both Jody and Jenny in that regard. Um, And I'm um, also like to be in charge and, Kind of a control control freak. freak. And um, so I wanted to go, but I was apprehensive. And uh, I would say I would do this kind of travel anytime the opportunity presents itself now. It was was comfortable for me. Uh, I enjoyed um, being dropped off at places, not having to fight crowds, not having to get our own tickets, uh, being dropped at the front door of a venue, the front door of a hotel, the front door of a restaurant when we were traveling or shopping places, um, and being able to enjoy the experience of it all versus the hassle of the travel on your own part and do that. You You could not pay me to drive a standard vehicle on the opposite side of the road on, on curvy roads with with people like Eddie driving um, buses. Three motor coaches. <laughs> yeah, uh, and having to, to deal with that. So, so I was, um, my apprehension was unfounded. And in fact, uh, I really, really enjoyed that kind of travel. And, and our next trip will be a tad different but I absolutely will jump back on and do another one of these, like the Ireland trip uh, the year after that, if that's if that's what we, we look like. Jody, what was the, the thing you thought about? Well, one, one thing that was different this time, as opposed to when I went seven or eight years ago, eight or nine years ago, whenever it was, um, you know, Mark, you talked about your no-fly list where certain foods are concerned. I was blown away in virtually every restaurant, every dish had a list of allergens. And I talked to I talked to a woman actually on the flight on the way back who was a a, a scientist who who dealt with a lot of food stuff, and she said that they've gotten really very serious about that. And I would say for anybody who has allergies that it's really concerned with that that you know can be life threatening or put you in the hospital. It was spectacular. I mean, it, it was really amazing how far they've taken that. And you know, having had a brother that was super allergic to lots of things and could have really bad reactions, it seemed like it was uh, it was really interesting and really well done. It was well, much and, better there than in the States. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and along those lines, Jody, I, I think I'd been in the hospital over there. I, I did have some food allergies arise from uh, the last meal on the flight. And if I had followed that up with uh, fish and chips 
at one of our first big meals, I would have I would have absolutely uh, had a significant problem because I got pretty sick anyway. So uh, so I found I, I mean there were things that I would have ordered throughout the trip that I did not order because of having that allergens list, and so it was very helpful for me. Jenny, did you have a another follow up? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, just to say that uh, my experience with Indus was was really amazing. There were a couple little bumps in the road, but I think that's to be expected with anything that you plan. And especially if you take 25 people abroad, like you're going to have some sort of challenge. Um, I got really apprehensive when we were leaving Cincinnati and delayed. And I thought, oh, this is the part where they crucify me. But it wasn't. They were very kind to our group. They had already made accommodations for our group. We knew that we had a flight one way or another when we got to Newark. Um, I was a little apprehensive when we landed in Dublin and I wasn't sure where to meet. Um, Our bus driver that took us to the hotel was a little bit different than our bus driver on the trip. And so I was a bit apprehensive about that, but that that all worked out very well too. Um, So a thousand percent, if you are um, a, a, a chamber executive director, I would absolutely recommend Indus Travel to you. Um, they did a wonderful job, so I'm I'm really looking forward to our next October trip. Um, we're going to visit Europe again. We're going to do um, Germany, Switzerland, Amsterdam, France. and France um, on a riverboat cruise um, where you get to unpack once on the boat instead of um, on this trip with Ireland. We did, you know, we did multiple hotels, so you'll get to unpack once on the boat, have the same room, and they'll you know transport you as you sleep um to the to the different locations so we saw we saw the the cathedral in in dublin let me tell you when you go to cologne and see the cathedral in cologne it's (laughs) mind-blowing yeah we've been watching those videos uh jody to on youtube to get and i'm that's one of those unesco sites as well that uh i guess the cliffs of more are uh, and uh, just wow, some of the stuff we've we've already seen. So um, I always end the podcast first. Thank you, you both for for joining me. But uh, I always ask where people can uh, find out more about you if they want to online. And so Jenny, you you mentioned the upcoming uh, trip. So if people wanted to join us for the uh, for the uh, riverboat tour on the Rhine in October 2024. How would they find out about that? Where would they find the Owen County Chamber of Commerce and information about that? So two places, um, mostly on Facebook. We are Owen County KY Chamber, um, not to be confused with Owen County, Indiana. Um, So on Facebook, Owen County KY Chamber. And then uh, we have a website, owencountykychamber.com. And information will be there under the participate uh, uh, tab on that. But it, it's not up yet, but it will be forthcoming. We don't quite have the uh, the brochure together just yet, but we do have the trip planned. And it'll, I think it'll depart October 10th of t- uh, 2024. And it'll be a 10-day uh, tour. And that final night will be an overnight in Amsterdam, Switzerland. Or, uh, sorry. In Basel, Switzerland. In Basel, Switzerland. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I think the uh, I've had too much Jameson tonight to, to have all of those details in order. Uh, but Basel, Switzerland, uh, we'll have a overnight there, the last night of that tour. 
Um, so there'll be more information forthcoming on that. Thank you. And uh, Jody, you uh, you have a radio show. Tell us more about that and where I we do, where I we do can have listen. A radio show, and actually, I kind of I don't do a lot of social media. I try to stay a little off the grid, but I do have a radio show here in the small town in Wisconsin that I live in. It's uh, WVMO, which is nine eight seven and my program is nine eight seven countdown to country and you can find wvmo um, on the web and we do we do webcasting so if you're ever looking for something to do on a thursday morning um look it up 98.7 wvmo the voice of monona and uh, music and how long have you been doing that jody i've actually that show that that station has been on the air um, since 2014, and I was one of the first people to have a show on on the station. So, uh, small station, uh, but it's a small station that's really got a big heart. It's uh, been the large market Wisconsin station of the year, radio station of the year, the last three years. So. It's it's a lot of fun. And before that, I worked for a community station in in Madison. And something to uh, do after retirement. Yeah, and Jody, I know, spends a lot of time uh, creating his shows and putting a lot of uh, uh, care and feeding into the into them. So uh, if you have a chance, give him uh, give him a listen. Once again, I appreciate uh, you you two joining us. Uh, uh, I'll put uh, your information and links in our show notes for anybody that wants to grab them on the various platforms. Those show notes will be there. And uh, I think uh, we will uh, be done uh, uh, until the next time we uh, want to get together and talk about uh, one of our uh, travel shows or tech or culture or anything else. So uh, see you all later. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Bye, Jen. Bye, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye, Jody. Take care.